get out of here, man. What's a good word? Chris Funder here, back again with Rudy as Alex. How you going, mate? I'm feeling fantastic here in Dionanda because it's been a big week for Australian wrestling as Australia's favourite wrestling hero returned to Australia and reclaimed the championship. That's right. I'm talking about Johnny Down Under. <laughs> now, I did have this uh, sport for me in a way last night because uh, RCW wrestler uh, Zach Sabbath was uh, streaming <laughs> some of WSW. But uh, let's let the humans in on the, uh, the joke there. Who is Johnny Down Under? Well, obviously, when you think of Down Under, when you think of Australian icons, when you think of someone that's going to come out to Men at Works Down Under, who's it going to be? Obviously, it's going to be Johnny Mundo, Morrison, Nitro, uh, Elite, Impact. Impact. Yeah, uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) Hardy. He was a Hardy for one show. Johnny Survivor. <laughs> Johnny Survivor. Um, yes. The, the former John Morrison of WWE. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I, he, he came out, like, last night, on last night's show, I watched all of them on stream, and he pulled out, like, a little bag, and you think, oh, it's going to be, like, thumbtacks. And it was a bag of toy crocodiles because Johnny Down Under. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oh. kind of fun, to be honest. <laughs> so these shows are streamed live. Uh, how were they to watch live? So the first three nights were fantastic to watch live. Like the production. Melbourne, Melbourne. Yeah, so they were they came across all right. Actually, Adelaide, the audio on the microphones were a bit tough when the promos were in the ring, oh, but yeah. overall it was fine. Last night, oh my god, the Sydney show, the production <laughs> was fucked, bro. Um, yeah, I don't know if you could actually hear any of it when you were watching Zach Sabbath's stream. But um He was uh showing off the Adelaide show from night one. Oh, okay, cool, good. Also talked good. up uh the Pereira having a, a tag team match. Yeah, yeah, that was a good match actually. Um them them against the flipping machines, but uh yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> um we'll we'll get more into this because I I had a um, source on the grounds on night two at Melbourne, so I pretty much like messaged him to yell out certain things for me during the show <laughs> to see if I could hear it, and he'd do it, um, so, such as messaging him during the flipping machines match and just said, "Oh, yell out, flip the Earth's not flat," <laughs> and. And I just hear it over, I hear it over the stream. Flip the earth's not flat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, fuck. But anyway, um, what was I talking about? Shit, I got completely sidetracked. uh, The production. uh, 
Awesome. Oh, the production in Sydney. Yeah, so uh, they had such a great commentary team of Conco, uh, Concrete Davidson and Big Fudge, which is... <gasps> oh! Which, like, on paper, that's fucking amazing. And that's I'm sure... To have a podcast, Conco hey? and Fudge. Conco and Fudge used to have a podcast. Yeah, yeah, they even mentioned that at one point. But it it would have been... It's such a great idea on paper. These two were probably great commentators if their volume wasn't turned up to negative three. Um, and the fucking volume every time entrance music played was turned up to 74. Because... It was just all you could hear was distortion, like <laughs> that's all you heard, and you couldn't hear the commentators, you couldn't hear the crowd when music was playing. It was so bad. And then, and like during the match, you can kind of hear commentary, but it's a little quiet. Oh man, the production quality on night four was just horrendous. Um, what night, arena were they running in Sydney? Do you know what arena? Yeah, uh, Penrith Panthers. So I think it's a PWA place that they sometimes go because they had that typical PWA setup. Yeah, where where the rings like right next to a stage, like almost like a theatre stage. And yep, the yep. the crowd sort of surrounding just the three sides of the ring. Um, yeah, and I did notice, like, uh, night one in Adelaide, they had, um, like, white ropes. I think it was, I think it might have been um, Wrestle Rampage's ring. Oh, uh, yep. And then... Uh, night two and three in Melbourne, they had like red ropes for PCW's ring, and they even had PCW turnbuckle pads on the ring. Yeah, because in Melbourne, I know they use uh, Fern Tree Gully, which is where the PCW arena is in Melbourne. So that's yeah. the actual arena they use. Is, is that the SECC or whatever it is? Yeah, that's Eastern yeah. Entertainment Centre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, night four, they had green ropes on the ring almost. Uh, so they were obviously using P PWA's ring. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head any of the bigger companies in Sydney that would use green ropes and the only big PWA that comes to mind, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was clearly set up like a PWA show. It looked like a PWA show on night four like the way everything was set up the where the commentators were sitting like yeah it looked exactly like a pwa show so you've uh mentioned they've used aussie rings and a few aussie uh wrestlers on this show any aussie wrestlers uh stand out here oh man um <laughs> dare i say <laughs> dare i say my boy <laughs> Yeah. The J-Stick, JXT. Oh, speaking uh, of which, uh, who did he face in Melbourne? Uh, his boy, his drinking buddy from his time in 
the state, uh, Joey Genoa. Uh, um, and my God. So uh, I'd known for a little bit that JXT was injured. Yeah. Um, just because I'm a real JXT mark, I sort of keep up to date. I occasionally message him, see how he's doing. <laughs> um, and I knew he was pretty badly hurt. So I was like, oh, fuck. JXT's hurt for WSW. Cardona's injured. Just all my boys are going down at the moment. Sam Punk's injured. Cody <laughs> Rhodes is injured. <laughs> like, it's it just... It sucks to be liked by me. Um, <laughs> I just asked well, my missus. Month, so, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so Joey Janela comes out and oh, the storyline made no sense. He's like, oh, I'm supposed to be fighting Alex Zane tonight, but, I, but something's come up and I won't be able to face Alex Zane. So I'm challenging anyone in in Australia to come out and face me. I was like, oh, who'd be a good guy to come out right now? And, like, it went through my mind. I was like, oh, Joey Janela, GCW style. All these thoughts went through my head of, like, oh, Cracker Jack would be a good one. Uh, <laughs> jo- Joel Bateman. Like, bring out some of the Deathmatch guys. Um and then music hit, and I was like, I fucking just jumped off the couch. I was like, holy shit, it's JXT. And I was like, I could have swore, swore that he, like, fucked up his knee real bad. And he comes down, and he's kind of, like, doing that 2022 Matt Hardy walk where it looks like he can't bend one of his legs. Oh, no. Yeah, like... You know, that signature Matt Hardy sort of walk. Um, and he comes out, and him and Janela have easily match of the night from night two in Melbourne. And they just tear each other to shreds. And then after the match, Joey Janela says, like, this dude is one tough, you know, you know what, and... For those of you that don't know, he wrestled this entire match with a completely torn ACL. Cody, Cody, Cody. <laughs> I'm like, my boys hate doctors' opinions. Um, but, like, it it was incredible. And then, like, JXT just, like, tweeted out, yeah, that was a shoot. Yeah, my knee's fucked. But this was, like, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I took it, and now I'm going to get myself better. He was like, thank God for Medicare. He was going to get surgery, and then he found out about this, and he delayed surgery till after the tour. (laughs) Nice. Oh, man. Ah, nuts. Um, So, my, my biggest, and I'm probably speaking out of turn here because. I do know that there is an interview lined up later in the year with the promoter of WSW, but fuck it. I'm going to say this. My problem with WSW for the longest time was 
They bring over international talent. They squash the locals. They leave the country. And the guys that just got beat are the ones that are trying to make a living the next week. It's, and that's always been an issue for me. And that was pretty much the case for the majority of this tour, obviously. Um, and then, uh, night, night two in Melbourne, they did a whole like, oh, where I was like, um, who was it? It was Brooksy versus Slex. And, and then the match gets interfered by Hammerstone. And then out comes Buddy Matthews to save Brooksy. And they set up a tag team match of Brooksy and uh, Buddy versus uh, Hammerstone and Slex. You know, that famous tag team, Hammerstone and Slex. But um, Brooksy and um, Matthews there for a moment. Yeah, like that's awesome. That's cool. But then music hits and it's 50 cents in the club. And then Pyro starts going off. And out comes this skinny little dweeb. And it's Adrian Monero, the promoter of WSW, comes out with music and Pyro. Basic pyro on this show. Hey, who else got pyro? Um, I think Johnny Down Under did. None of the local stars. I don't think so. No, there wasn't much pyro done, but Adrian Monero got some. Um, keep going. And then he sets up the tag match or whatever. But I was just like, oh, this is disgusting. The promoter's given himself pyro. And I thought that was pretty bad. Didn't think it could get worse than that until night four, Sydney. <laughs> oh, shit. So we had Trey Miguel in a match against Jimmy Townsend, who's now like a backpacker. <laughs> he's, um, he's taken a gap year and is a backpacker going around the world, which is so great. I just love yeah. the evolution of Jimmy Townsend. It's... <laughs> So well into the um with the prefect's character and he's been able to continually evolve this. Yeah, I, I can't wait until like yeah, he goes back to uni, he graduates uni and he becomes like an adult and he's just got crippling debt he needs to pay off. <laughs> student loans. Yeah, he's got student loans he needs to pay off, so that's why he's wrestling. <laughs> I'll go the uh, the other route and turn him into the professor, sort of like a um a Lanny Parfo, a Vandal uh, <laughs> type character. But uh, you're, yeah. you're a good idea too. Yeah, he's wrestling to pay off his remaining student debt. Yeah, after his gap year. Yeah, uh, after a little while, he becomes like Jimmy Townsend, the property flipper. Um, he just like buys houses to make a profit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could. His whole career is sorted. As as he gets older, his gimmick just evolves with it. It's great. Anyway, Trey Miguel and Jimmy Townsend had a banger. But then um, out came Backman and someone else. I can't remember. 
but another PWA person, and they was it Payne? Back Payne? I said, was it Jack Payne, the tag team of Back Payne? Probably, yeah. Um, and they come out and attack Trey Miguel after Trey Miguel wins, and then out comes. Well, music hits. You can find me in the club. the club. Fifty Cent in the club plays. Uh, we didn't get Pyro in Sydney, thank goodness. But out comes Adrian Monero. Okay. <laughs> and he starts going off at like back pain and Jimmy Townsend. And then they pretty much coerce Adrian Monero into booking a three on one handicap match against Trey Miguel. And then Adrian and Trey Miguel goes, you know what? I think I've found a partner. And Adrian Monero says, yeah, I'll do it. No. Yep. Yep. And it becomes a three on two. And then lights go out, come back on. Buddy Matthews is shows up. So it's now a three on three. Back pain, Jimmy Townsend. Trey Miguel, Buddy Matthews, and Adrian Monero. And Adrian gets some bloody topes in. He got a couple of super kicks in. And the match basically results in Buddy Matthews murdering uh, Jimmy Townsend and then Adrian Monero pitting Jimmy Townsend. Okay, this was a great podcast. I'll see you all next week. And all the comments in the live stream chat were like, this dude's ego is just out of control. So, and, and to add on to that, I heard from my, my source on the field on Sunday night, night two in Melbourne, that like, yeah, where everyone's got their little gimmick table set up. Adrian Monero had his own gimmick table set up. He had his own 8 by 10 set up. He had his own Adrian Monero t-shirt set up. Uh, it was charging 30 bucks for an 8 by 10 60 bucks for a t-shirt or whatever it was. Uh, charging for photos with Adrian Monero. <laughs> Did uh, your source happen to get one? So I can say No. Up. No, no. Um, my source got a lot of stuff. He got me a signed Matt Cardona figure, which I'm staring at right now. I'm very happy about it. Yeah, uh, you take a photo later on today and uh, put it on the uh, podcast Instagram story. Yeah, well, I'll put it next to my Zach Ryder signed stuff as well. So, so you can uh, really <laughs> see how much of a broski of the week I am. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but yeah like th there was some good stuff there was a lot of like locals getting beat by internationals and then I was pleasantly surprised not for Melbourne uh, Sydney and the women's title match Tyre Valkyrie defending the title against Shazza McKenzie and lo and behold Shazza McKenzie won yes let's go Shazza and pretty much the entire PWA locker room came out and just, like, celebrated with Shazza, which was fucking awesome. 
And then, like, Tennille came out. Like, the lots of the locals came out. And then Tennille beat the shit out of Shazza and <laughs> set up and set up for the next tour. So, uh, I suppose that's a thing we should touch on. The uh, former women's champion before this tour began was Indy Hartwell. Uh, that's not happening, <laughs> given where Indy is. Yeah. So, night one, they did a triple threat for the vacant title. Who was in the women's triple threat? It was Ty- Tyre Valkyrie, Tennille Dashwood, and um, Chelsea Chelsea Green. Sorry, I just burped Ooh. a little. <laughs> uh, the tag titles before the tour was the flipping machines. I'm guessing that's still the case, given they were here. It's still the case after the tour was ended. Okay, and the uh, men's title was Creepy Umbrella Man, who... Uh, yeah, there's more news about that this morning that uh, we'll tack on to the end of the show with the uh, the WWE corporate discussion, which isn't pleasant. But uh, what happened to the men's world title? Uh, basically, John John uh, Johnny Down Under beat Joey Janela to win it. Oh, in the Adelaide uh, match where Janela got knocked stupid. Yeah, and they did the spot with... Um, Joey Janela and that uh, that little fella that was in Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Sabbath also uh, also showed uh, the wheelchair spot. <laughs> yeah, I, so good. I so love commentary good. bringing it up. Um, saying, "Well, that's a legal maneuver." <laughs> yeah, he was also in like Fat Pizza and stuff too. That mm. that little fella, uh, so good. <laughs> They're like. He's delivered a legal close line. It just happened to beat speed. Yeah. There's nothing illegal about it. Um, so who's the uh, the men's champ after this after this tour? Uh, it's still Johnny Down Under. Which, when Tyre Valkyrie dropped the belt to Shazza, I was like, oh, shit, there's probably a good chance Johnny's going to drop the belt too. I was praying all tour long that night for Sydney... There was going to be some shenanigans where, like, John Johnny Down Under gets beat down and Matt Cardona comes out and says, yeah, I'm not cleared to compete, but I want my title match right now and just pins jo- Johnny Down Under without even having to wrestle a match and yeah. <laughs> becomes the champ, which would have been great. Um, As for that. No. But... Uh, so the main event of the entire tour, which was absolutely perplexing to me, was a six-man tag match. It was uh, Alex Zane, uh, who's become like, who this whole tour just like completely won me over. He's so good. I know that he's been wrestling in the junior division for New Japan, yeah. but he's, hu- he's huge. Best of Super Juniors. Yep. He is absolutely huge. He's way too big to be a junior, but he still does all the cool junior stuff. Um, he teamed up with LSX, Robbie Eagles, and Matt Diamond. Oh, okay. To, to take on, um, what do they call it? Oh, Johnny Flippin' Cage. So shout out to any... Um, Shout out to any Mortal Kombat fans, but yeah, the team of Johnny Flippin' Cage, the Flippin' Machines, 
Flip Gordon, Brian Cage, and Johnny Down Under. Um, <laughs> so that was the main event of the entire tour. Yes, and it was the for all of the belts. <laughs> so if the other team won, if Alex Zane and LSX won, Alex Zane would become the WSW champ and LSX would become the tag champs. Uh, this, this is the pro- problem I have with WSW. There's no, there's a lot of good matches. There's a lot of interesting pair-ups. There's a lot of sort of dream matches for the, um, the local talent, especially people like the, uh, the Pariah, your, um, your Shazza McKenzie's, your JXT's, all that sort of stuff. But. End of the day, who got pinned in that um that six man tag with Matthews? Who took the pin in that? Uh Jimmy Townsend. Uh, so who was it? It was Jimmy. Who was the uh, Aussie again? Hey. Who was on the um the Aussie team? It was Jimmy. And back pain. I would have pinned someone out of back pain. Yeah, and oh, then. Hey. And you have the promoter of all people. Not funny Matthews get the pin for the House of Black. The the, the cover-up there is that Buddy Matthews did all the work. Did Bonero tag himself in like like Buddy walked over the corner and like he tagged on Buddy's back to tag himself in? Oh, dude. We're going to have to make you watch that match because of the rules. Um... I don't think there was a legal man that entire match. Everyone was just hanging out in the ring. <laughs> like, PWA at least explains every show when four rules in tag matches. If one man goes to the outside, the yeah. person on the rope, uh, on the apron can become legal and enter the match. Yeah. So, by doing that, you condition your new viewers every time to stuff like that. Like, this promotion, fuck me. I Trash. I don't like yeah, I don't like WSW. I don't like calling it an Australian promotion by any means. It's a it's a pop up tour two or three times a year. It's very cash grabby to the local wrestling scene. Yeah. And I don't like it. I'd rather go to a MCW, a PWA, a RCW show, a PWL on the Gold Coast. I'd rather go to a local show than this. And I get with how the Australian dollar is and how expensive it is to go over the States. It is tempting, like, especially for yourself, your boy, Matt Cardona on this show. Yeah. Well, Either on this show, it is tempting to go, you know what? I would like to go and see these guys at least once. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, like, Cardona just, like, he brought over something like 20 boxes of merch, like big boxes of merch, and sold them all by night three. <laughs> um, and as someone that bought a figure off him, which cost me 60 bucks with the autograph, that's okay. It's not great. It's actually, no, he's charging out the ass. <laughs> and he sold... <laughs> He sold fucking everything. And 
Apparently, apparently Johnny Survivor had like no merch left by night two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. How, how does he not have like a um? He should get onto um pro wrestling tees, have a spoof Survivor logo that just like how it um reads Survivor, have it read Johnny on the front, and then on the um. <laughs> Like he can have his nicknames where it's like where um, it should say outwit out outlast outplay. It just says like Mundo of Wheat Morrison. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or you can even do like um Monday Night Delight or whatever, like where it says outwit outplay out outlast. Yeah. And on the back, have his uh, diary confessional where he lists off every nickname on the back. So you you've seen the season that he was in, right? Yeah, David yeah. versus Goliath, season thirty-seven. Seven, yeah, thirty-seven. I think it's pretty hard to remember the season numbers. Um, so my man on the on the ground, my inside source, um, he, Mr. X, as we keep saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, quite frankly, it was one of the co-hosts from the Smack It Down podcast. Um, Hey, they're uh, friends of the show. <laughs> friends of the show. Um, anyway, he is also a huge Survivor fan. In fact, I got him into Survivor. To be honest, I got him really into it. Um, and he, I said to him, if you get the chance to meet like John Morrison, just say something about him his fucking amazing blind side when he got voted out at David versus Goliath because it's probably one of the best blind sides of all time. Like the the episode starts like John John Morrison's got like this other Jack dude and then this one other like sort of nerdy dude from the David camp and they called the three of them the Brochachos. And the episode starts with John Morrison saying, Tonight it's going to be a brochacho blindside as they planned on voting out the nerdy dude. Christian was his name. <laughs> and the episode ends with a brochacho getting blindsided and it was the guy that said tonight's going to be a brochacho blindside. <laughs> it was John Morrison that got voted out. Anyway, I've got my inside source to say to, say to John Morrison... Is tonight going to be a Brochacho blindside? <laughs> and, and? <laughs> and Johnny just loved it. He's like, oh, man, I want to do it again. He really wants to do Survivor again. Oh, uh, he should. Uh, I don't know if they take him again for American Survivor. He would be great oh. on Australian. That's that, what I'm gonna say. He, he would probably oh, win right. Australian Survivor because of how physical it is. I'm I'm just annoyed that uh your other boy, um um Matty Warburg, uh Grace of Waller. Warburg is uh yeah. now in WWE, so he won't be able to uh go head to head in like a in like a um Survivor series. Yeah, Survivor Series, Survivor Australia. We bring Warburg back just to face off against Morrison on the other other camp. Could you imagine those two like going in like one of those physical battles, like where they oh, basketball in the water and they go shoot it in the hoop and get it off one another? <laughs> or if that, 
or like one of those challenges where they have to basically like stand on a really uncomfortable thing for a really long amount of time. Time lapse. It's like ten seconds down the bottom. It says four hours later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked here. Um. We what? haven't even started the fucking rap. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got a busy work day, so let's get to it. Hey, WSW. Uh, anyway, as we close off WSW here, how many beers for you? Oh, man, it depends on the night. Like, I'll just quickly, night one, about four and a half, five, maybe. Yep. Uh, night two, night two, first night in Melbourne, probably a five. It was a pretty pretty good show night three which is night two in melbourne uh that's probably about a three and a half to be honest like if it wasn't for J- J- if it wasn't for jxt i don't know um not and sydney and sydney i'll give it a two because oh, of the oh. fucking production quality man it was it was unwatchable i thought you were going to say the promoter putting himself over as well well, yeah, that too. Like, I, oh, it, it's it's very slimy. It's very very slimy. And if you notice, like, every time there's a group photo from the WSW page, or like, there's like photos that that people are putting online of like, oh, this is the tour group, like all the international people. Then it, right in the middle of the photo is Adrian Monero every time. <laughs> it's just. So yeah. I did have the uh, the cage match open here, and there's a review from the weekend by a uh, cage match uh, user that says eight out of ten. This <laughs> a company that exists to bring international talent over to Australia, only running a handful of shows every couple of months, and uh, with a rotating roster means they can't have a lot of great stories, but there's enough good wrestling both uh, from both international and local talent that every show is still good. Yeah, debatable. (laughs) Actually, I forgot to say, night four in Sydney, another time uh, a local guy beat an international guy. Mick Moretti beat Joey Janela in a pretty good match. The crowd went nuts for it. Was Moretti playing up really into his uh, rap scallion, or was he just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was full rap scallion. Uh, the match started with like Joey Janela being like, "I'm a bad boy," and then Mick Moretti goes, "I'm a good boy," <laughs> and then it's it started like this whole, "He's a good boy, <laughs> he's a good boy." I was like, "Oh, where's Will Kiedis? Um, uh, yes. Anyway, rap. Should we? Uh, oh, do you have, I guess, a uh, TV champ at the tour. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably going to give it to Alex Zane. He really won me over. He did some crazy shit, like jumping off balconies and stuff. Yeah. Now the uh, the pandemic's sort of over, we can get to a few shows. So hopefully we can do a few more of these sort of things where when one of us does get to a show, we can do a, um, a live review to kick off the rap. Yeah, for sure. So let's get to the rap itself. Uh, Monday Night Raw. Episode 1519. There has been 520 consecutive three hour roars. Fuck me. Commentary team this week Byron Saxton, Corey Graves, and 
Kevin Patrick? Hey, yes. where's uh uh it's not Adman Verk, it's uh what Jimmy Smith. Jimmy yeah, Smith. Where's, yeah. Where's Mr. Smith? Uh, apparently he was on holidays. That's how they explained it. The guy took a holiday on July 4th. Big surprise, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is in a WWE. No days off. Yeah. And no, I'm not talking about New Japan Strong. Okay, let's go. <laughs> That's match of the Mysterios defeating Judgment Day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just fucking ridiculous. They fucking kicked out Edge because they felt like they could be better. So they picked their new leader, which is the guy they beat the night before, and now they've been losing every match since. Yeah, this one, a DQ loss. Uh, AJ Styles beats The Miz. Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan defeat Carmella and Natalia. A singles match of Seth Rollins defeats Ezekiel. And a tag team match of Bobby Lashley and Street Profits. Angelo um, Dawkins and Montez Ford defeat Alpha Academy, Chad Gable, and Otis with Fury. A non-title match where Gunther with Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser defeats R-Truth. I forgot he was employed there for a moment. Yeah. And the main event, a no-holds-barred match of Becky Lynch defeating Asuka. Uh, any real thoughts on Raw other than it made me feel sick? Yeah, it was a pretty bad episode of Raw. I, I did watch the majority of this show. Um, R-Truth came out dressed as Uncle Sam and then big evil foreign heel comes out and squashes him on 4th of July, which is quite the choice. Um, yeah, no, th- this this sucked, man. This sucked. Yeah, uh, why did we need to see somebody growing up on Raw. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna. Oh, fuck. I forgot about the hot dog eating contest because, like... It was one of the things you just blocked from your mind as soon as you turned Raw off. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just another case of Asians, they're so funny. Because it was... Like, yeah. yeah, it was just like... Tazawa, was it? Yeah, they were having a hot dog eating contest between Dawkins and Otis, and then just out of nowhere, like, at the end of the contest, they're like, oh, Angelo Dawkins ate 21 hot dogs, Otis ate 22, and then they just randomly cut over, and Akira Tozawa has eaten 48, Akira Tozawa wins, ha 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 ha, such good shit, because they're little Asians, ha ha ha, like, fuck, fuck, it just... The, everything about Akira Tozawa sort of just like brings out this inner like Asian rights activist inside of me that just makes me so angry. It's because it happens nowhere else in wrestling. Could yeah. you imagine if New Japan was doing this with random American guy? Oh man, yeah. We've talked about once or twice before New Japan employing like random Aussie guy and his sidekick Kiwi guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you're right in saying that again, and freaking Otis throwing up, I just went, nope, I'm done. Fuck this raw. No beers. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, did you happen to catch NWA this week, or NXT? 
I did not watch either of those things, to be honest. Yeah, I'll just uh, read off the uh, championship matches reported here from uh, Great American Bash NXT. So, Toxic Attraction, your women's tag team champs, are defeated by Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez, the former Roxy, a former uh, Ring of Honor women's champion. <laughs> so, uh, she's got a championship now. We see Kamalo Hayes defeat Grayson Wilder to retain the North American Championship. The Creed Brothers... Um, uh, the Creed Brothers, the champions, defeat Diamond Mine, Damon Kemp, and Roderick Strong to retain the NXT tag title. So Diamond Mine explodes. And I don't think anyone cared. No. <laughs> and NXT... Uh, men's championship match that saw Bron Breaker defeat Cameron Grimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I heard nothing coming out of this match other than what's next for, uh, for Grimes. He's lost the North American title. He's lost a world title match. Uh, is he going to main roster? And he'll probably be repackaged. Yep. I mean, look at uh, Eli. No. LA, no. Max Dupree. Max Dupree. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Brock Lesnar's coming out on Raw right now. Oh, I don't have Raw on at the moment. I guess that's something. Um, so, yeah. AEW Dynamite, did you happen to catch? I did. I did. Okay. So, coming from Rochester uh, in New York State. So this is uh, heavily featured throughout the night. A lot of uh, Brody Lee chants because this is the hometown of the uh, late Mr. Brody Lee. Yep. So we kick off with the TNT Street Fight match where Scorpio Sky with Dan Lambert, Ethan Page, and American Top Team ringside, your defending champion, loses to Wardlow. This match sucked, and this, I felt, didn't need to happen. <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because every time they mention Wardlow as Mr. Mayhem, all I can think of is Herb Abrams calling himself Mr. Electricity. <laughs> um, I, I thought, yeah, the match was mild, to say the least, but I thought putting the belt on Wardlow was the right call. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe it's just because the match came off more of a, a damp squid than a, a good championship match. Yeah. Uh, so we had the tag team match of Butcher and Blade being defeated by Swerve in Our Glory, who get another win. <laughs> uh, this leading to Dynamite this week, where there'll be a triple or nothing match of Swerve in Our Glory, Team Taz, and the Young Bucks, who are defending the AEW Tag Team Championship. This is uh, probably going to lead to the explosion of Swerve in our glory. I would assume so. Uh, Rush with Andrade and Jose ringside defeats Pento Oscaro with Alex Avrahantes and Ray Phoenix ringside. Rush stealing the mask of Penta post-match here. So, uh... Lucha Libre booking would lead you to believe that it's going to be a mask versus hair match of Penta versus Rush. Nah, Penta loses his mask all the time. Almost every feud he's had in AEW, like he's lost his mask at some point. I'm, 
I don't agree with it, but it's just what happens. Yeah. So, like, I know he gets his mask taken off a lot, but um, given these two guys, like, have a lot of history in Mexican wrestling, and usually this sort of is a build to a hair versus mask match, but I don't think Rush is putting his hair on the line. I don't think Penn is putting his mask on the line, so I think it's it's just building up to, a like, a grudge tag team match. Yeah, I'm fine. They... I'm fine with it because these guys have great chemistry, obviously. They're probably, I don't know if they've wrestled each other a million times before, but I sort of assume they've definitely crossed paths before and they've got some chemistry. So, yeah, I liked it. We saw an eight-man tag team match of the acclaimed and the gun club with Billy Gunn ringside taking on the team of Fuego Del Sol. And how long has this been a team on Duck? Roughing it, Bear Boulder, Bear Bronson, Leon Ruffin. Yeah, it's been a bit now. Um, so, like, hang on, did you go over the result here? Yeah, so the Acclaim uh, get the win here with the gun club with uh, one of the gun members doing a blind tag to get the pinfall after the Acclaim did all the work. And then after the match, Billy Gunn turns on the acclaimed insides with his sons. I love yeah. Anthony Bowens, like after the, the two sons <laughs> play that caster, Bowens is on the ground and he's got his hand up going, Susan, he's got Billy just looks at him, sort of hits yeah. him, and then just a famous, and I'm like, yeah, Billy. <laughs> so there's two ways they could go with this. The claim need to even up the odds here, right? Yeah. So most people will say, like, rap and gimmick, the logical sense to bring in is Road Dog to just sort of be in the corner for a bit, right? Road Dog is available. I thought even... he was still an agent at NXT. No, he got released in December, I think. Oh, okay, then. Yeah, yeah, he's he's okay. been he's doing his own bloody Conrad podcast now too. <laughs> Conrad, safe with Conrad, unless you buy a pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> Save with Conrad, so you can have more money to spend on our extravagant pay per views. Um, yeah, yeah, but most people are going to say, "Oh, Road Dog with the claimed just for this feud would be great." I say. How do you win a gunfight? You bring in another gun. <laughs> Bart Gun, where you at, boy? I would love that. <laughs> I would love Bart Gun to come out with the acclaimed. Hang on, so you're all more familiar with the, the time of the smoking guns, at least on yeah. your head. Yeah. What is the relation between Billy and Bart? Are they brothers? Are they cousins? Uh, kayfabe? Yeah. Our brothers. Okay, so you could bring out Bart, have him team with the Acclaim, and then he turns as the uncle fought sides with the gun family. The smoking gun club. Yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, I would love that. Because, <laughs> like, I as soon as this happened, I was like, oh, Googling like what Bart Gunn looks like in 2022 to see if he looks all right, and he looks jacked. <laughs> he still looks jacked. 
something in that gun family. Like the older they get, the bigger and more jacked they are. Um, so what? I reckon Bard Gun has one last run in him. Just don't bring in but- Butterbean, all right? You reckon uh, backstage of Forbidden Door, Billy Gunn was uh, hanging out with Hiroshi Tanahashi going, you know, I almost beat you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, co-main event of the night saw Thunderstorm, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm defeat Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose. And in the main event, interim world title match saw John Moxley defeat Brody King via referee's decision to retain. Um, I don't mind this as much on, um, what is it, AW Plus on Fight, but um, I noticed a lot of the North American fans are starting to complain because AW's starting to have this overrun and it's cutting off on their DVR. Right. So the, they're getting to the the um the main event and it'll cut off and it like they miss the last two or three minutes. Oh dear, you can't have that. No. So at the moment it's yeah, it's bloody uh dynamite and NXT for whatever reason have overruns. We don't need overruns. Get rid of it. Yeah, I agree. Um I also heard that <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I saw it. Um, after the sh- Dynamite show ended live on Fight, yeah, the, they just the cameras just kept rolling in the arena, and you pretty much saw the first half of Rampage. Oh, so if you were watching live on Fight, yeah, you saw you no. saw the first half hour of Rampage. After Dynamite. Bugger. I wish I was home to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was a good show. They did a Dark Order uh, segment, of course, saying, well, what's next for Dark Order? And it's like, Evil Uno, Anna Jade, Ten, uh, Johnny Hungy, and... Oh, I'm missing one or two. Uh, hang on. Evil Uno... Yep. Anna J. Yep. Johnny Hungy. Yeah. Uh, Ten. Alex Reynolds. Yeah, Alex Reynolds and Negative One are all standing in the ring. Yeah. And he sort of goes, What's next for Dark Order? He goes, We're sticking together. We're stronger than ever. And then QT Marshall comes out and they all attack QT. And Negative One goes, You know, I could beat you right now, but I'll just do it in eight years. <laughs> And I love, like, this, like, if you didn't get it straight away, like, you could uh, easily pick it up later. But who was Mr. Brody Lee's first match in AEW? Yeah, QT. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. setting up a negative one's going to finish what his uh, father started there with QT in a few years. Uh, I thought this was a really good episode of um, Dynamite. Thumbs up for me. Yeah, I, I thought it was... You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to be contrarian. I thought it was a barely acceptable episode of Dynamite Thumbs in the Middle. It, Can I just go on? It was just... It wasn't special. It wasn't... And not every show has to be. It just... It's the sort of show I'll forget about in like four weeks. Speaking of forget about, 
I love all this follow-up with Puck, you know, maybe a post-match backstage interview. You know, we've seen him go around London with his new championship. I'm really enjoying all this follow-up AEW's <laughs> doing with our new All-Atlantic champion. You, you see his um, defending it at RevPro? Yeah, but not via AEW television. What the fuck? Do something with this title. <laughs> yeah. We're creating this new title. Okay, and uh, we'll see you in about six weeks, Puck. Yeah. Fuck me. Absolute joke. Yeah. Absolute fucking joke. Did you watch NXT UK, speaking of jokes? <laughs> no, I heard some things happened. No, I didn't catch it either. Uh, uh, I heard Ilya Dragunov, like, is injured and surrendered his title, and then I also heard the spoilers of who won it. Oh, okay. I yeah. might look at that later then. Um, how about uh, Impact Wrestling from Atlanta, Georgia? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I oh. really didn't watch a great deal of wrestling outside Good of... saving all your energy for WSW. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we kick things off here with an X-Division match of Mike Bailey defending against Alan Angels. Yeah, pretty cool. That's cool. What Alan Angels doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> so they had they had a really good opening match here. Um, post-match, there's sort of a sign of respect, but um, uh, Violent by Design run in, minus Eric Young. They beat up both guys, sort of saying, you know, where's Eric and all this stuff? Eric Young comes down and says, I had a design and all this. And then they're sort of backtracking saying, okay, okay, we'll listen to you. Uh, following that, another X Division style match of Trey Miguel defeating the late Laredo kid. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> PCO with Vincent defeated Black, Black Taurus with Crazy Steve. Rich Swan defeats Shira with Rajit Singh, and in your main event, Mia Yim defeats Diana Perazzo. That would have been a good match, Diana and Mia. Yeah, yeah, really good match there. Sort of setting up towards the uh, next title contender in the women's division. Uh, uh, hold up a second. I, d- I don't know why I'm saying this, but uh, Otis and Brock Lesnar are having a stare down. Think of the faith. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brock's just destroyed Otis and now he's murdering Chad Gable. Okay, cool. <laughs> I thank you. Brock. I thank you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, yeah, a really fun episode of Impact. I'm enjoying watching Impact because I'm watching it a day later. So I get home on a Saturday. I watch my two hours of Impact and my one hour of Rampage. And I'm yeah. finding that a lot more enjoyable than three hours of brawl plus um impact from atlanta here it's a lot bigger than the <laughs> the studio they use in um nashville so i don't know why they didn't take um was it slammiversary on the road <laughs> yeah but um yeah a really good showing here sort of teasing sync with honor no more with pco sort of on the outs and um there was a backstage segment of Ty Valkyrie and Rosemary uh, looking like Rosemary's going back to the undead realm. Did they ever explain the fact that Ty Valkyrie got murdered? 
not that I remember, but I remember she came back around WrestleMania time and there was so much wrestling. I was burnt out um, yeah. watching like 40 hours of wrestling a week and my mind was kind of wiped. Yeah. Uh, some Macdown. <laughs> oh, that rating. <laughs> so uh, we'll get there in a moment. So reported dark match of Raquel Rodriguez defeats Zylee. A tag team match of the Viking Raiders. Eric and Ivar defeat Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Shinsuke Nakamura defeats Ludwig Kaiser, who had Gunther ringside. Ronda Rousey defeats Natalia, And in your main event for the Raw and SmackDown Unified Tag Team Championship Contenders match, the Usos... Oh, sorry, there's a couple of matches after that. Uh, the Usos defeated Los Leferios, Angel and Humberto. No last name needed. Drew McIntyre defeated Butch, who had Ridge Holland and Sheamus ringside. And your reported main event dark match for the US Championship was Bobby Lashley, the champion, defeating Fury. Uh, Alex has alluded to this. One of the worst cage match ratings I have seen in a long, long time. This show coming from Fort Worth, Texas. Getting a 1.19 from 42 votes. Receiving 27 zero votes. One one vote and seven two votes on Cage Batch. Yeah, I personally didn't watch this show, but I did see a lot of banter online about how bad this show was. This show sucked. It helps that I watch these on on delay and I can just get through a lot of the um the stuff on fast forward. And this and this was a SmackDown that had Roman Reigns on it. <laughs> yes. This this just felt like a nothing happening show. The brand yeah. split is all but over, as we've seen Gumfer on both shows this week. Uh, I think Uzo's were on both shows this week. Yeah. Fury's on both shows. Granted, his um main event dark matching here, but he's in both. So yeah, it it's all but over. Thumbs yeah. down, back down as well. Um, I'm assuming you didn't catch NXT Level Up, Great American Bash Edition. <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't. Um, okay. It took me a minute to realize what the fuck NXT Level Up was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's the thing before 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Rampage, uh, coming to you from... Rochester, New York, on tape delay. So we see Eddie Kingston defeating uh, Takeshka. Gates of yeah. Agni, Khan and Tora with Tully Blanchard defeating Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty. Now, during this ent- entrance here, Gresham comes out and he's still got the um, the octopus mask, the long black coat. He's got the um, the former foundation flag that now has the Jonathan Gresham logo on it. And he's got yeah. the, uh, saw the foundation music, just that uh, instrumental, no word music he was using. Yeah. I'm thinking, fuck yes, finally, some Jonathan Gresham. And Moriarty's getting the shit kicked out of him for a long match. Gates of Agony have cut off the ring perfectly. Finally, he goes over the corner to tag Gresham, and Gresham pulls his hand away and drops down. And Gresham has joined Tully Blanchard Enterprises. I don't hate it. 
Neither do I. It is a good character evolution for for Jonathan Gresham and building up to a new pay-per-view as well. So I, I look at Jonathan Gresham and I say a lot of the complaints. He's in good condition. He's a fantastic technical wrestler. He's just a bit small. And then I go back in time and I think of, oh, that's everything they used to say about Tully Blanchard. <laughs> so it, in my mind, it makes sense for Tully Blanchard to want to have this guy because there's a fair bit of Tully Blanchard in Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, that, that, that makes good sense too. This is why I like having the podcast with you. You are so historically wrestling-minded. You know all this stuff just off the top of your head. Yeah, like, mind you, like, Tully, like, Jonathan Gresham's, like, 5'8", five, 5'6", five, or something, and Tully Blanchard was 6 foot. But Tully Blanchard at 6, being a 6 foot tall guy in the middle of the 80s, when everyone was, like, 6'6", six, six. yeah. So he copped a lot of the, yeah, you're too small to be in the business, no one's going to believe you but so he worked extra hard and all of his stuff was super stiff because it made him look believable. And that's what I say in Jonathan Gresham is such a good fit for this. Plus, like, the smaller, like, jewel of the stable being the smaller guy surrounded by all these big guys because, yeah, Gates of Agony, they look great, by the way. And... They've got Gates of Agony and they've also got Cage as part of the stable as well when he gets back. Um, and yeah, yes. a new four horsemen in a way. In a way, yeah. Like it's, um, yeah, three big guys protecting the smaller champ. It works. It works. Isn't, um, um, the point of the horsemen was to protect Ric Flair in the uh, NWA World Championship. Yeah, and it was also, like, the legit reason was to give Ric Flair more days off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as we continue on here, uh, women's tag team match of Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb defeating Christina Marley and Kayla Sparks. Uh, sort of uh, friction there between the uh, the two winners there, sort of possibly leading to a women's ROH championship match. Yeah. And a uh, a singles match here, good fun comedy main event of Orange Cassidy defeating Tony Nese, who had respectively Dan Housen and Mark Sterling in their corners. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think of Dynamite? I thought it was a, was a pretty good show. Yeah, Rampage was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rampage was... I thought Rampage was actually better than Dynamite this week. Um... Yeah, I, I, I'll give it a thumbs up for sure. Yeah, same with me. Did you catch NWA USA this week? No, no I didn't. I didn't. So, uh, like, over the weekend, I, I was doing a fundraiser and I walked 24 kilometres on Saturday, so I didn't have a lot of time on the weekend because it took me five hours to do that walk. Oh, wow. Good for you, man. Yeah, my ankles are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have a TV champ of the week? From uh, yeah, I I do. Um, I, I'm gonna give it to a guy that I don't 
don't think's getting enough love for being as good as he is. And that's Konosuke Takeshita, uh, Eddie Kingston's opponent from Rampage. Yeah, the name I can't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Takeshita. Uh, it's just real funny because Take Shit is in his last name, but he is far from shit. Um, <laughs> oh, no! You've ruined him, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's so good. He's so fucking good. He just needs the... They need to stop putting him against baby faces because he's such a white meat baby face. And they always put him up against another baby face, like Eddie Kingston, Hangman. He's had matches against all those guys. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's my champ of the week. Yours? Yeah, Joff and Gresham. It was just not so much for what he did in the ring, but just his presence and this turn. And it's going to be good to see what comes out of uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises and uh, Death Before Dishonor in two weeks, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Do you have a brief moment of time as we talk New Japan G1 Climax 32, night one? Yeah, let's do it. So, night one, they're going back to the old style of G1s. I was hoping, when I said last year I wanted a C block, I meant I wanted an A block and a B block of 10 competitors and a C block of, I don't know, half a dozen young lines that have one opener each show. Yeah. I don't want freaking multi-man tag team matches every goddamn show. Look at this shit. Oh, dear. Tag match, tag match, six-man tag, eight-man tag, six-man tag. Dude, that's horrendous. And then because we have four blocks this year, we have one block match from each block every night. C block match Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Aaron Hanare. D block match Al Fantasmo versus Will Ospreay. This is all night one on the uh, on the 16th or the 7th. Uh, B block match Sonata versus Jay White. A block match Kazuchika Okada versus Jeff Cobb. Which means, like, on your final day, how you'd normally have everyone compete on a final day for block standings, and it's sort of a bit unknown going into the final day. There's going to be people who have that final block day off now. That's so weird. Yeah, um, so I have the blocks here in front of me as well. I do not like this new format. Block A, Kazuchika yeah. Okada, Toru Yano, Jeff Cobb, Lance Archer, Bad Luck Fale, Tom Lawler, and Jonah. Uh, B Block, Jay White, Taichi, Tama Tonga, Tomohiro Ishii, Sanada, The Great Okan, and Chase Owens. C Block, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tatsuya Naito, Evil, Hiroki Goto, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, and Aaron Hanare. D Block, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takage, Juice Robinson, uh, Yoshihashi, El Fantasmo, Yujiro Takahashi, and David Finley. 
Interesting. Do you see a clear winner from each block? Because uh, two of the blocks I sort of do, and the other two sort of up in the air. Yeah, can you zoom in a little bit just so I can have another? Uh, yeah, so block A, you're probably going to have Okada win it. Yeah. Block B, probably Jay White. Yeah, I agree with both of those. It's going to be Okada. It's going to be White. Unless... Uh, yeah, go on. Uh, then you have C and D. It's just the person that's listed on top of each block that's probably going to win it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like. Hiroshi Tanahashi from C, Will Ospreay from D. Yeah, because they're the four guys that they've mainly been building storylines around. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, your outside chances, maybe Shingo Takage from D, uh, Naito or Zack Sabre Jr. from C. I want to say Goto, but I'm being realistic. I honestly think there's a chance Grado Khan gets a big push in this. I was going to say Sonata. Maybe yeah. Khan. Looking at A block. Maybe Archer. Maybe Archer. Maybe. Maybe Yano if they want somebody to play spoiler that deep. Jeff Cobb will probably get a good push. Um Things aren't looking positive for Jonah getting a lot of wins, as much as I love the dude. Yeah. Like, considering who else is in the block with him. Um, I mean, may- should be maybe. Hey? I said, mate, he should beat Tom Lawler, considering how strong New Japan booked Tom Lawler. Like, this would be the perfect time to get some redemption for Tom Lawler and give him a strong run, because he is incredibly good. Yeah, but, but Man, yeah, I'm, I love filthy, but fuck me, do something with the guy. Also, uh, fuck, fuck off with those jean shorts he wears. I hate, <laughs> I hate it, man. So Ugh. there's two semifinals. Winner of block A will face winner of block B, and winner of block C will face winner of block D. Those two semifinals winners face off against each other. So if we're in agreement here of it being A and B and C and D, Okada and White uh, face off and Tanahashi and Osprey face off, who do you think makes it to the final then? Uh, probably Okada Osprey. Yeah, I'm thinking that too, and I'm thinking... Osprey gets his big win here. Yeah, I think he, so too. He begins his run back to a year of Osprey after his long time off. Yeah, and, and I think Okada beating Jay White, and as much as I don't want it to happen, I think Okada will will be champ coming into Wrestle Kingdom. It just, I mean, if he hadn't had that title a few months ago and done nothing with it, I'd say it'd be something fresh, but. He's already had it. But I think that's what they'll do. They'll have him win what they sort of call a contenders match during the G1. When you pin a champ, you get a championship match going out of the G1 before Wrestle Kingdom. Which is why Will Ospreay's going to win the G1, because no one's going to want to beat him for the US. 
for a US title shot because that belt's cursed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I think we're both in agreement there. Have you done your uh your post wrestling G one picks yet? Oh man, I forgot to do it. When's it close? I don't know. I'll do it today. <laughs> Just when you said I forgot to do it, I went, Oh shit, did I miss the deadline? Um oh, yeah. um so we're gonna do something different here. We're gonna do all the uh the wrapping up and uh sign off. We'll do the uh the, the little funny bonus and then we're gonna splice in the uh the serious news uh afterwards. So Okay. Yeah, cool. Good. Alex, uh where can the good humans find you and learn more about the Smack It po- Smack It Down podcast and uh your inside source? Yeah, you can by the by the way, this is completely off topic, but do I sound any different? Because this is my first time recording outside. <laughs> I love how you wait until we're an hour and a half. No, no, I, I'm happy for the humans. Different. I'm happy for the humans to be in on this. I'm just recording outside. I don't know why. Um, I asked Chris maybe five minutes in if I sound good or not. <laughs> Do you, does the audio sound good? No, nah, it sounds like shit, but let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, um, no, fine, man. I'm going inside now anyway. Fuck you. Um, oh. there's, the, there's the door shutting. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, you can find... <laughs> you can find the Smack It Down podcast at Sid underscore pod and Smack It Down wherever you find your podcasts. Um... You can find me at Fruity's Alex on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS at on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find us on Facebook. Search up Wrestling WrestlingOzStyle. You can find Chris at... at... I'm Chris Funder. Come tell me why Grado Khan will win the G1. Because he is a horny bastard. Oh, man. <laughs> um... You can come watch me game two nights a week on Twitch, Thursdays and Fridays, 8pm Australian Eastern Stand Time, twitch.tv forward slash Chris Funder. I try to pop in at least once, once a week. <laughs> he does. Uh, <laughs> you can go listen to the Wrestling All-Star Archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and using the RSS feed. Found the show notes below for your podcast of choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time.
all right, humans. Yeah, we're going to wait until 2023 for the return of Australia's homegrown hero, Johnny Down Under. What's this crazy cobber going to do when he hits his patented move, the Starship Kingswood Ute? Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. Fuck. I-, I had nothing funny to say. <laughs> Imagine if Ty Valkyrie had the same thing going. It's our Ty Valkyrie. It's Tyre. Kingswood. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's it's Tyre Sheila. It's Sheila Valkyrie. <laughs> Sheila Valkyrie. <laughs> she she comes out and she's got a she's got a Centrelink check. <laughs> She got a flano and her entrance music's changed. She doesn't have her big lavish robe, robe coat. She's just got like a red checkered flano. And her entrance music is like Nutbush City Limit. Do, 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 do. Oh, fuck. And I just realized that was pretty much Shazza's, Shazza McKenzie's gimmick when she first started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why she kept the name Shazza. Yeah. And now you know. Okay, news time. And now the news. <laughs> Do it again. And now the news. Okay, so uh, first of all, WWE corporate news we'll get to in a moment, but um, I woke up and I'm checking, you know, wrestling Twitter going, uh, what's been announced for Raw, what's everyone thinking of the weekend and whatnot, and uh, as we alluded to when we were talking about WSW, Creepy Umbrella Man has announced he is returning to wrestling. He is going to go to Battle Arts Academy in Canada, which is run by Santino Morella. Santino Morella's Battle Arts Academy runs classes for children. Fuck this guy. Yeah, man. Oh, I'm so annoyed because I loved Santino so much. Uh, so much so that when I used to play cricket... And... Oh, hang on. I think we uh, lost Alex there for a moment. Uh, Alex, are you there? Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Yes, we can now. You said, uh, I used to play cricket, and then uh, you sort of uh, went out of bounds. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Six and out, I guess. Um, So when I used to play cricket, and friend of the show, Warwick Thompson, can attest to this, I loved Santino Morella so much that I had... When I used to bowl, I had a very special delivery I would bowl, and I called it the Cobra. <laughs> and I did, like, with the cricket ball in my... Umbrella Cobra thing that he used to do. And I used to bowl the ball, like, as if, like, my hand's in, like, a claw-shaped gimmick. 
and it'd be sort of a slower ball sort of thing. And I'd call it the Cobra. <laughs> and I used to teach people how to do it. It was the best. Well, it never got me a wicket. <laughs> oh, never, never, never got a wicket with the Cobra. Not in the game. I've got a few people out in the nets, but that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to love that dude. And then, like, yeah, today I saw your tweet this morning, and then I scrolled down and saw the other thing, and I was like, oh, you fucking piece of shit, Santino. Fuck you. Yeah, uh, this also coming off, uh, it's no secret, uh, Kiwi wrestler Travis Banks is uh, over in Mexico, and uh, we can't really say too much about that because of Australian defamation laws and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, that's not great either. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, yeah, so just bring that up. Uh, yeah, I really used to enjoy Santino. I loved his uh, going back and watching him debut against Umaga. Umaga. <laughs> Umanga. In, in Italy. <laughs> yeah, the Milan miracle. Yes. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's not good. And we talked about this a lot on that, um, that sort of precursor to doing a weekly wrestler grab where we did talk about all those news items and saying, if you are running a, an academy, you should have um, like a blue card for working with children. If you are having an academy for students under 18 and stuff like that, like, yeah, this is a guy who was accused of, um, have, let's put it nicely, having relations with a 16 year old. Yeah. And, and the argument against it from his supporters is that, 16 is the legal age of consent in the UK. And, yeah. and uh, but it also came out that the 16-year-old was drunk, which a drunk 16-year-old is in no position to consent, and that's actually a law. Yes, anyone who's uh, in, inebriated is in no posi position to consent. Jeez, me and my words today. Yeah. Yeah, it, it goes to um, consent laws and all that, and Australia's passed a, a heap of them in recent times. But yeah, yeah, it's not a good look for your academy. It's not a good no. look for you as a promoter as well to have somebody uh, in your dojo either working one show or in that system, God forbid, teaching yeah. is not a good look. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it's so, horrendous. Yes, I don't I do not like it at all. Um, okay, I guess it's uh time to touch on uh more WWE corporate news coming out of the Wall Street Journal. Uh now I believe the initial woman said in the Wall Street Journal there was a payment of around three million dollars, if I'm yeah. remembering correctly. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, so the new allegations uh, since we last recorded, um, there was allegations of um, a woman being paid seven and a half million dollars. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is mind-boggling, and like various other 
like I've been listening to a lot of Meltzer and him saying like, yeah, it's sort of unheard of for that amount of money to be um to be paid um to be paid uh for hush money by anyone in a position of power. So yeah. it's sort of like, yeah, there's something um big going on. Oh look. Post news update. Billy Gunn comments on the idea of Road Dog joining AEW. We're trying to get him here. Huh. So we're talking about that earlier. I have a post wrestling open at the moment. I'm just trying to find a a news article um about uh the uh Wall Street Journal interview. Yeah, we don't want Road Dog. We want Bart for fuck's sake, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh so basically It is still a lot of allegations. Um, did you hear apparently reports of like Vince? Um, oh, I can't remember. Hello? Did I lose you? Uh, apologies for that. Uh, that uh, interruption there. Uh, we are back. So I was saying, um, yeah, uh, this really isn't pleasant. Uh, the second article uh, here's uncovered that McMahon had agreed to pay over $12 million in cover-ups involving four Williams, uh, four women. The finding uh, says uh, 7.5 to a former wrestler who alleged that McMahon coerced her into giving him oral sex before she was demoted. Uh, her contract expired in 2005. Uh, da, 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 da. So it sort of goes on about that. 7.5 NDA, yeah, wow. That is a lot. Yeah, it's, that's fucked. Um, are there any other sort of, uh, I guess, allegations or reportings that you've uh, heard uh, in regards to either Vince or Laurinaitis over the past week since we last talked? Yeah, that's pretty much what I've heard is the stuff you've mentioned. Uh, I've heard speculations of who it could be. I don't really want to dig into that because it's not our business to say or speculate. No, um, if we start doing that, we're just going to contribute to the uh, the Twitter witch hunt that's going on and sort it's of... It's bullshit. It's, yeah. it's fucked up. It's fucked I've up. Seen one or two people start to do that, and I'm just like, unfollow. <laughs> yeah, and... Like, yeah, they're probably right in who it is, but it doesn't matter who it is. It's what matters is that it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. It's so fucked up. And the fact that he's still coming out on TV each week, he knows that this is going to come out because he knows he's being investigated. And then the report came out from Sean Ross Sapp that you know, that first SmackDown after the first report came out, Vince McMahon came after cutting that promo in the ring, came backstage through the curtain and said, fuck him, and laughed. Yep. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, just... And the fact that he's still running creative. Like, yeah, he's no longer the CEO, but he's still in charge of creative. 
Like, and he can get rid of it. He still has the majority of shares. Yeah. So it, even if the board, like, this is an outside company doing this investigation. This isn't a friend of Vince who owns this company who's actually investigating on his behalf and will say, nah, it's all good. Yeah. This is an outside group investigating and they will find stuff if it is there to be found. They've got yeah. no interest in protecting Vince or harming Vince one way or the other. They're just there to uh, find what's there and report back. Um, this, yeah, isn't fun to watch. Um, I haven't really heard a lot about Laurinaitis since the uh, the initial time we spoke. No. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, it's a thing. It <laughs> um, sure is a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to feel either, man. Yeah, I'm just sort of having a brief read through um this transcript. Trans- Jesus, my English today is atrocious. My <laughs> vocabulary is not, but my English is. Um, this transcript here on the post wrestling website, and um, it's yours sort of detailing a lot of the um the things we've just touched on. It's not really much we can go into with a, a lot of detail other than it's just yeah sort of uh repeating a lot of the same ndas 7.5 million jeez for that much money like i thought the three million was a lot because Meltzer was saying you know that's that's a lot that's usually somebody's got a big secret for three million Seven yeah. and a half. What kind of thing do you know that Vince doesn't want out there for seven and a half million? Yep. And this brings me back to um like I don't want anybody witch hunting. I'm going to say that straight away. Do you yeah. think as Vince has taken from reality times before and put himself in his storylines? We saw the legitimate illegitimate child storyline that was supposed to be for Kennedy and it ended up being Hornswoggle. Do you think that's out there somewhere and that's why this is so much money? That he has... For sure. For sure. 100%. 100%. There has to be, right? That's the only thing I could think of. Why is it this much money? And that's what got me thinking. Maybe it's this much money and so much of it is in a trust for Vince's uh, child out of wedlock, so to speak. I think about Linda. A lot of these payouts, though, happened um, in the, like just before Linda ran for Senate or whatever it was. So oh, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if like it was so much money because he didn't want anything to taint Linda's campaign. I guess. But that's that's still mind-boggling to me unless that person just kept saying no and Vince just kept upping it by yeah. half a million until they finally said yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what secrets Vince has in the closet. But I think there's a lot. I I I'm just gonna throw this out there. There's no way that dude hasn't had someone killed. <laughs> He's got fucking skeletons in the closet, man. 
And if you look at the tie-ins with his old man and the and the mob in the 60s and 70s, there are some crossovers there too. So there's some serious, serious skeletons in Vince's closet, Vince's family's closet. Um, yeah, that he's got a lot to hide. Yeah. Um. Now, I know Linda's not really active on social media or anything. Oh, she was active the other month supporting Glenn Jacobs when Glenn Jacobs said, oh, it was a good move to get rid of abortion, so fuck them both. Yeah. Uh, since we're on the serious shit, I just <coughs> might as well get this off my chest. Fuck you, Kane. Yep. Um, look, it's not really my place to say anything, but the fact, like, this state's overturned that is just mind-boggling to me. The same day the New York state increased gun uh, protections so people could carry larger guns for self-defense. And yep. the fact, like, we're on serious talk here. People have been warned. Um, the fact some states, like, changed it so it's illegal for rape and incest and if the mother's health is in danger is fucking mind-boggling what yep. the fuck Dude, i, I yeah. don't get how the and look i have friends in the u.s i like my friends there i don't like the idiots running it <laughs> yeah the, the u.s at times feels like a third world country posing as a first world country yeah and it is mind-boggling to me that we had the Port Arthur Massacre in 94, 95, where 34 people were killed over the course of a few hours by one person with a lot of ammunition in a duffel bag and a few guns. And John Howard came out and said, fuck you, no more guns. And we all went, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And, <laughs> and by the way, John Howard... Uh, you would say a fairly right-wing prime minister. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. yeah, yeah. It's it's not like he was like a left winger. Um, and no, uh, so Tim, so yeah. Tim Fitcher, the Aubrey Wodonga representative. I can't remember what side of the uh, border he sat on, but National Party, who um, who represent you know the farmers and the hunters and all yeah. that who are. Like, hey, don't take my guns, and he's the one who stood up for it and uh, cost him his political career in a way. Yeah. but And then the US has things like um, Sandy Hook, where like preschoolers got murdered, and they're like, maybe we give the teachers guns? <laughs> Ugh, it's fucking mind-boggling. And yes, the yeah. abortion law and our ban like banning it in like 20 of the states like the same fucking day that it got overturned within hours. Fucking mind-boggling, and, like, fucking 60, 70-year-old white men shouldn't be making this, these decisions about women's bodies. Fuck me, nah. this fucking country. Yeah, that... Oh, man. I've always thought, like, maybe I'm a little patriotic, but I've always thought we're, we're the fucking luckiest country in the world. And... Yeah, these last two years in particular has really solidified, oh, just because you say you're the best 
definitely doesn't mean you're the best. And to reiterate that, I don't hate Americans. I have friends there. We both have yeah. a number of people. Where uh, interact- I've, I've legit got family there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we- I've got... I've got family in southern states there. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. But, but like, the, they don't like that they're in the southern states, so it's fine. But they understand, um, yeah, the world's frustrations with the southern states. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, we like the people there. We just don't like the people running it. Um, yeah, and this fucking uh, uh, we're going in circles here I'm not sure if there's much more we can add to this because there's not really a lot that's come out Um, I suppose the one thing I learnt which I didn't know before but when we were doing the bugs draft like deciding what referees we want I googled Hmm. um, WWE women's refs and it comes up Jessica Carr and then came up some women's ref from the 80s. Yeah, Raider Chatterton. Who I'd never heard of before. And then I started looking and I've gone, oh, there's oh. a link here to the Observer. And it's like come out about all these allegations. And I've gone, oh, okay. The, there's a full-on interview with her from like the 90s on YouTube that I saw. And the way she describes the, like her allegations and what she describes happened is eerily similar to the details that came out in this second report. Yeah. um... The only difference is that the timeline's different. So, like, yeah, the second Wall Street Journal report was from an incident in 2006. Or 2005, I believe. And, And another one in 08. And then the Rita Chatterton interview, she's talking about what happened to her in the 80s, but it's the exact same thing. So I'm just saying, if there's smoke, there's fucking fire, man. Did there's any... a lot of fire. Oof. That's why you don't record outside, because the garbage <laughs> truck drives past. Ah, same <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> We have the same bin day. Oh, nice. Is it a uh, recycle or rubbish today for you uh just rubbish ah it's recycle for me uh <laughs> fuck me this was um yeah that, <laughs> what a what a tone change uh let's get back into yeah. the heavy shit it's it's not nice talking about this and it's not easy but like we said we we want to you know stand for something and call out this shit like I understand the 80s were a different time and all that. Did like is Rita Chadden still alive and did anything ever uh, become of the allegations she made against Vince? I'm fairly certain she's still alive and nothing came of it. There was like rumours of a payout, but that's about it. Okay. Rumours of a payout. Nothing confirmed. So when was her interview? The 90s. So even that wouldn't line up with this second Wall Street Journal interview from two dated uh, the incident in 2005. Yeah, and what she says <coughs> happened is exactly like 
the exact same way the other incidents are alleged to have happened. There'd be no reason for her to sign an NDA unless unless the NDA said you can't discuss it further. And that's what... But, I don't know, maybe. But, but also, like, NDAs are not legally binding if it... And th- this is where I've seen a few people be confused, like, oh, how can these people speak up if they signed an NDA? Just to explain further to people... If yeah, you sign an if you sign an NDA, yes, it is legally binding unless the details of the NDA are criminal activities. And basically, in a sense, what Vince is if you get past the the real greasy stuff in there, it's also extortion. And that is a criminal activity. Because he's basically saying, do this and I'll give you money for it. Mm. So, yes, that's why these people are are coming out. They are not breaking their NDAs by coming out and saying this stuff. They are because NDAs are not legally binding if there's criminal activity involved. Fair enough, then. Mm. I, think, I think that's about all for today. Um, was there anything else that came out of that second interview that uh, you can remember that you wanted to touch on? Oh, man, it's it's all gross. Um, yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's um, we sort of covered it. It's just... Yeah, so basically, like, one of them was an incident that involved getting someone to do stuff to him and then giving him a pay rise and then basically demoting him and then firing him. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's where people have been able to figure out who it was. That, like I said, that doesn't matter. Uh, I just, I feel so bad for the victims because, like, some of these people, it's their dream, right? It's their dream to be there. Some of these people probably, like, dreamt of the day they got to meet Vince. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends up being a disgusting monster and abuses these people. Yeah, he needs to be um taken out of power. He's... In his mid seventies now, just put him in a pasture. I mean, and I mean in every fucking sense of it. <laughs> the problem is the way the board's structured, and unfortunately, that will be the hardest thing, regardless of how much more comes out. The hardest part will be getting Vince out without him either fighting it somehow or just destroying the company to spite them. All he's done is step down from a figurehead position. Oh, yeah. That's, that, make no mistake in this. A McMahon is still in charge. It's step- if, he, if he's the majority shareholder, everything still has to go through him anyway. I mean... 
Mm, that would be a weird legal question. Would it still have to whilst he's uh, stepped down and under investigation, or would it just have to go through Stephanie? Yeah, and if you don't think, like, he has a say in what Stephanie's doing... <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I know we were discussing this, like, at the start of the year. Do you think, like, because every year Vince gets older, do you think he'll he'll step down or he'd die in the position, like... I, I, I didn't I didn't see this coming and it's not because I didn't think this stuff was happening it's just I said this before I just never thought it would get out I thought I don't know I didn't I suppose I didn't really think this event I thought it was more him just playing up this sleazeball on TV getting Trish to bark going Stacey Kiva wow yeah, and it's like, uh, it's 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 fucking toxic, man. And the number one lesson we should all learn from this as men is just be fucking respectful to women. Be nice. Every single man on this planet, we're here because of a woman, because of the pain a woman went through to give us fucking life. And you've got to always respect every woman around you. Like, yeah, yeah, some of them might be a bit nasty. Some of them might be a bit mean. Some of them might might not want to want to do whatever you want to do. But always respect a woman and her, their decisions. And because, yeah, like I said, if it wasn't for women, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that uh, wraps up this part of the show. Um, anything else you want to add, Alex, before we just say goodbye and just uh, leave it with a, a cold close? Be, be good. And just be aware of others. Be nice to each other. Um, fuck it, this is kind of off topic, but just, like, if you notice someone's a bit off, just be like, hey, what's up? Be nice to each other. Be aware of each other. Uh, be caring. Be kind. Do something good that makes you feel good. Um, I, I've started volunteering at my local RSPCA shelter because I felt like I wanted to do a little bit more a little more good for this world, you know? <laughs> like, do something nice that helps the planet be a cohesive, happy place. That's my challenge for everyone. Just once a day, do a random act of kindness. 